It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and what? That was weird. I don't know why I did it that way. <laughs> it went pretty high there. Yeah. It was a tenor greeting. Yeah, it's like I was a kindergarten teacher for a little bit. For a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I don't think I would be a good kindergarten teacher. Um, I, I always like to affirm you, Damon, and so I will affirm you in that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go. I'd have fun. I'd go hang out for an hour. Yeah. That'd be fun. But seven hours a day? Yeah, I don't think Five days a week? Mm-hmm. 20 little kindergartners? Or more? Yeah. No. Yeah. Nope. Not for me. But to test this theory, we're going to invite Damon to teach kindergarten Sunday school. <laughs> I got to kind of teach confirmation at that time. Uh, that's fair. I'm yeah. unavailable. Can't do it. All right. <laughs> uh, this is the Monday check-in, for those who don't know. Um, and the Monday check-in is, um, what do we do? So uh, I'm Damon. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, and this is... Greg, the other pastor here. And what we do on the Monday check-in, we get together, we set up a microphone, uh, and we take a look at the scriptures that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday. Yes. And do a little Bible study, a little preview. I like to think that we ask questions of the scripture, and we let the scripture ask questions of us. It's early in the week, so we don't necessarily know what we're talking about. Nor what direction this sermon may be headed. Though I will point out, and I I think I said this to you, we did not record one last week. Uh, There was just a lot going on in the life of the church, and uh, so we took a hiatus. And uh, when I sat down to actually write my sermon on Thursdays, which is typically the day I try to sit down and write my sermons, I am... Lost. I had missed something in my sermon prep for the week. <laughs> so uh, I just want to say thank you, Damon, for uh, for getting this money checking going and for sustaining it for the last two and a half years and um, and let you know that that's an important part of my sermon prep each week. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it does provide a nice rhythm to a week um, and a nice place to start as well. Um, those, I don't know if was, we started this in early days of COVID pandemic um, as a way of maintaining some sort of connection with folks without being able to gather in person. Um, if you and I weren't in the same room. It's only recently that we've been in the same room for this. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a nice rhythm yeah. to get into and to take place. So, And we survived last week. We did. Uh, it's it's been it's been a busy season this fall, really. Um, a disproportionate number of funerals and memorial services is part of that. Um, all of which are really wonderful and meaningful ways to connect um, with the saints and uh, all that stuff. But it uh, it makes for busy times. Yeah, there were memorial services. There were two concert like concert slash recitals last weekend in the, in the sanctuary, uh, plus another performance thing. There were three performances in the sanctuary mm-hmm. over, the, <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, plus a large meal. And uh, so, yeah, so it was, a lot. it was a good week. 
And now we're on to the next one. And we're hoping this one maybe slows down ever so slightly. Maybe a little. It would be nice to like, like catch our breath a little bit yeah. before Advent. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Which three weeks away. Which reminds me, I, I owe you some stuff. Damon is uh, compiling our... Uh, our Advent devotional guide for our church, which he's been doing for the last few years, uh, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, and I'm providing some of the writing for it. I have gotten my first writing in, uh, but I yep. still owe you some additional writing. And You're not um, alone. Then we'll also be uh, gathering some writing with uh, our Tuesday noon Bible study, which this is a plug for that too. If you enjoy the Monday check-in and you want to talk more about the scriptures that you hear us talking about, uh, every Tuesday at noon... In the church, we uh, we hold a Bible study where we continue to reflect on these scriptures with members of the church. And so uh, we'd love to have you join us for that if uh, that's something you're interested in doing. It's a faithful, wonderful group. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, so you, like, you do this on Monday. Then you go and talk to the Bible study on Tuesday. And then I marinate. And by then it's it's pretty much set. Uh, there's a day and a half just, of marinating. Just put the crock pot on low. Uh-huh. Let it go. You got it. Mm-hmm. And then by Thursday, you take that lid off that crock pot, and that steam escapes, and that wonderful smell of what you've been cooking. And the congregation would agree that it smells pretty nice most weeks. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, generally whatever comes out of a crock pot is edible. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's food. Well said. It's sustenance. Indeed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So uh, this coming Sunday, a little bit of an in-between kind of a week. Yeah. Um, we have a guest preacher next week. Um, next week is Reign of Christ Sunday. We just finished. We just wrapped up the stewardship campaign. We did. Um, so we've got this one kind of like... Just an odd week, but it's a week that stands on its own. It is. It is. And uh, we haven't opened in prayer. Should we do that first and then we we can talk a little bit Mm -hmm. before we read the scriptures? Would that work? Should I? I think it's my turn. It certainly can be. Let's do it. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we, we give you thanks for a chance to stop, to breathe to pause and to reflect on what is going on around us and to to strive to increase our awareness of the ways that you are at work in our lives and in the world. In this fall season, with the change of daylight savings and the change of weather that's coming this week, we are reminded of, of all the changes happening in our world. And we give you thanks for being a constant God. Thank you for the constancy of your presence. Help us continue to be aware of that presence, to seek that presence, to abide in that presence, so that your presence, O God, may also um, be seen through us and our actions and our activities and the way that we treat people and interact. Bless our study of your holy word this morning, that it may speak to us in ways that allow us to more deeply become your faithful followers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, before we read the scriptures, 
Yeah. Uh, as Damon mentioned, next week is Reign of Christ Sunday or Christ mm-hmm. the King Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oftentimes the lectionary will provide us scriptures that, that perhaps launch us into Christ the King Sunday or Reign of Christ Sunday, thinking about God's kingdom. Yeah. Um, and, and so I did, uh, I, I read the gospel and one of the Old Testament passages for the lectionary decided I didn't want to go that direction and instead settled on the Psalm and the Isaiah passage, which also I think point us towards the reign of Christ or God's kingdom, because what we're going to read here are what I will call two hymns of praise, uh, hymns of praise that point us toward Christ as King uh, the reign of Christ, the kingdom of God, we are singing praises about all those things. So that's how I sort of see this uh, as I glanced at it this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damon will read them to you, and then we'll let you all decide whether or not that uh, that fits or does not fit. Okay. So first is Isaiah 12, the entirety of Isaiah 12. Uh, it's six verses. It reads uh, something like this. You will say in that day, I will, give you thank- I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, and you comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the nations. Proclaim, his, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known to all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. And then from uh, Psalm 98, also the entirety of Psalm 98. It's just, it's a real all or nothing kind of a week. Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All of all the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands, let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. That's where that reading ends as well. Greg, what do you got? Like I said before, when I introduce these, I I see two beautiful hymns of praise. um, Glorifying God. The Isaiah passage, um, I read a, a commentary um, and it's said that you can't really read the Isaiah chapter 12 unless you at least reference or tip your hat to Isaiah chapters 1 through 11. 
uh, which are mm-hmm. not songs of praise. <laughs> it does seem to be a turning point. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Isaiah chapters 1 through 11 are the prophet Isaiah um, really speaking words of uh, condemnation and fear into God's chosen people for their lack of faithfulness, um, specifically for uh, their acts of injustice. Uh, and, and Isaiah points towards the acts of injustice towards the, the weak and the marginalized in society, how that is not being faithful to following God. And so he speaks these words of judgment on them. Uh, but there, there then is a, is a turn in chapter 11, which leads to this song of praise in chapter 12. And so you, you have the people of God who, uh, if you read chapters 1 through 10, are going to be punished and defeated and brought low. And then, uh, then there's sort of a miraculous restoration, if you will, a new beginning. And this new leader will bring about a reign of peace. So chapter 11, I'm guessing, I'm thinking, is where we get the, the shoot of Jesse. Right. Very well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interest. It's interesting to me because in this Psalm ninety-eight, I, there's two different ways of thinking about the judgment mm-hmm. coming. Right. <laughs> uh, and it depends on which side of the judgment you think that you're going to fall on. Indeed. Right. <laughs> so in Psalm ninety-eight, that yes, please, like come bring your judgment and and your vindication, and we will be. Uh, raised up um, to victory, right? Ch- you know, one through chapters one through ten or eleven of Isaiah are the like, flip side of you are in trouble, right? Because you have not been living by the commandments. Yeah, you've not been loving your neighbor as yourself. You've not been acting justly mm-hmm. um, in the streets and everywhere else, and and so the, the judgment is coming, and you you may really not want it right right um i feel as though there's passages also and i think these are prophetic books like you know where the prophet essentially says you you're crying out for the day of the lord's vindication but you really might you might want to think twice about that (laughs) (laughs) because you yourself may be right uh... because the way that i see this is not going to go well for you right Mm -hmm. yeah should that should that take place yeah It's interesting. So it's interesting to me, right? Um, and I, so as I'm reading Isaiah 12, um, first of all, the song pops into my head that this was, I was enjoying that when I read a piece of scripture mm-hmm. and then I'll, oh yeah, that's where that song comes from. Yes. Right? Yes. So, Surely it is God who saves me. I shall trust in him and not be You're afraid. afraid. For the Lord is my shelter and my sure defense, I think are the words. Yep. And he will be my savior, I think is how. It's something like that. Something like that. And you're absolutely right. And the same thing happens to me all the time. Mm -hmm. I am shocked by the number of um, psalms that I know without knowing the psalm number. Yeah. Because uh, the amount of Christian music that is written that is based upon the psalms, both hymnody but also like praise and worship songs. Yes. And then also like Christian rock, uh-huh. which we've delved into a little bit on this show that that was kind of my jam in the late 90s. Uh, I had a, a Christian rock uh, radio show 
when I was in college and was pretty plugged into the sort of the middle of the road Christian rock scene, not like the contemporary easy listening stuff, but not like the really, really heavy stuff. Jars of Clay. Jars of Clay, Newsboys, Switchfoot. I wonder if any of these names mean anything to anybody. To anybody who's listening. Watching this. I might, what, you know what I might do is send the link of this one to my co-host for my radio show because he will appreciate that. And I've, I think I've mentioned this before too, that my knowledge of Christian rock is stunted in about the year 2000, 2001 because that's when I graduated from college and that's when I stopped doing my Christian rock radio show. And also I moved abroad, so I stopped buying at the time were CDs, mm-hmm. uh, their digital music was not a thing. And so, um, and then I, I came back and that, that just wasn't something I was spending as much time doing. And so if you have any questions about trivial knowledge about the Christian rock scene from like <laughs> 94 to 2000, I'm your guy. Yeah. Um, after 2000, I'm probably not your guy. <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense, though. I mean, the Psalms were hymns, most of them. Right. Most, I mean, most of them in their original setting and context were hymns. I mean, they're written, uh, for a lot of them are written in, like, two-line couplets. Mm-hmm. Um, Even in Hebrew, which, mm-hmm. right. when they're translated in English, uh, many of the translations attempted to maintain some of that structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were trying to be true to the spirit of uh, what was written. And so right. they end up having that same structure, the two line couplets, that sort of thing. And it works out pretty well. Which is why when a person reads their Bible, they are formatted differently. Correct. Psalms is formatted differently. Or if you come across a piece of, um, you know, even in the gospels, let's see, like um, it's prose, the one that's not, mm-hmm. It's pros, 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 and then just like a chunk that's formatted differently. Well, that's because in its original context and setting, it was a poem or a hymn or... And it's usually Jesus quoting either a prophet or quoting a psalm, right? And the editors are trying to let you know that. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, And you and I learned these reading tips in seminary, and now we're sharing these reading Mm -hmm. tips with our... 17 loyal listeners yeah, for who will sure. be able to catch these distinctions <laughs> yeah. the next time they crack open their Bibles. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the, another, as I was reading Isaiah 12, um, the word salvation jumps out mm-hmm. at you, right? It's uh, one, two, three times there in verses two and three and probably shows up someplace else, I'm guessing. Well, the, in verse three, too, um, I, I love that line, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That's a beautiful line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's definitely a, a, an emphasis here on salvation that Isaiah is trying to make clear to his audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I always sort of wonder about what do we mean when we say salvation? Mm-hmm. And Isaiah's context was, this is like a, at least to some degree, kind of a, a anticipated political military salvation of some sort, right? Uh, Yeah, sort of being saved from God's wrath as God's wrath is inflicted vis-a-vis military conquerors, right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, essentially. The the punishment is we're going to hand you over to your enemies, Mm -hmm. right? 
Um, and so meaning, salvation is meaning political, like foreign nations. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think, well, that's not really a salvation that I anticipate or I'm looking for. Because you're also myself in need of not you. You're the the need part, right? You're not right. at risk of being handed mm-hmm. over to your political enemies, right? Yeah. So then, okay. So what does salvation? What does salvation mean for me? Right, and we tend to take our Christian notion of salvation and map it over the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right that in this context, when Isaiah is talking about "Surely God is my salvation; I will trust and will not be afraid," um, the writer of, I, of Isaiah, the prophet was not necessarily talking about the same notion of salvation that we talk about that comes with Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like different settings and situations call for different saving actions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like, the paramedics, I mean, they do kind of, but they don't. If there's a fire at your house, you call the fire department. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a medical emergency at your house... And you call for an ambulance, right? Like those are both saving right. actions, but they're different based on the need. Right. Right. Um, and so when we think about salvation in terms of eternal life, right? Mm-hmm. Receiving eternal salvation. But then also what does salvation mean? In what ways am I being saved right now? Um, and one of the ways that I think of Attempting to follow the path of Jesus in some ways saves me from myself. It, it saves me from the t- human tendency that I have to like curb in on myself mm-hmm. and just worry about my needs and not really worry about anybody others or not really worry about how I'm treating others or that sort of thing. And that I experience as a type of salvation. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, others may find themselves in like, they need to be saved from some sort of anxiety or from some sort of grief or sorrow or something along those. I guess what I'm saying is I think at different times in our lives, we all find ourselves in need of some a different sort of salvation. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> uh, Hopefully we find it and can drink joyfully from the wells of it. Of, yes, though the constant and consistent need of salvation is, is, is the one that we talk about in the context of our faith. Sure. But yeah, but I think importantly, as you pointed out in Isaiah, that's not actually what the prophet Isaiah is talking about. Right. And so when we read the word salvation in the Old Testament, putting it in its proper context, and then, and then reflecting and mapping that over our own lives and saying, well, Isaiah is not talking about messianic salvation here, like the salvation right. of a Messiah and saving our souls. Isaiah is talking about salvation from the evils of the world. And we are in need of salvation from the evils of the world, whether those evils manifest as grief or mm-hmm. addiction or mental illness or, or selfishness. or yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it's not an either or, but it's a both and. And I think the Bible can, can help point us in that direction, uh, both thinking about our, what we call our eternal salvation, but also thinking about how God can be at work in our lives, saving us from these other things. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think cultivating um, an awareness mm-hmm. or like an appreciation of those things, like, that I think is what sort of helps to move us in this, like towards this sort of give thanks to the Lord direction, mm-hmm. right? That as is, like there will be a day when you sort of, when you recognize this um, saving act that God has done on your behalf, um, and you'll sing, yeah, <laughs> joyfully, right? Um, there's there's um, part of this also when I do um, home communions. Part of the liturgy that I use for that talks about how um, uh, God makes a covenant with us, and um, even even though we turn away from it, God remains faithful mm-hmm. to us. And that I, I see that reflected in this. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, uh, your anger turned away and comforted me, like, though I... And the anger, by the way, uh, was justified. <laughs> yeah. In the past. It's not like... Oh, yeah. I got arbitrarily angry. With no, 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 no. No, no, no. The prophet Isaiah lists out all of the <laughs> right. sins of God's people uh, and says all these are you... Missing the mark, folks. You're falling short of the glory of God to which you were intended. And it's, it's going to be bad news for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a turn here is like, well, no, there's actually an opportunity for restoration and redemption and salvation um, from, from that. So, yeah. What about Psalm 98? Anything? A lot of people really jump on this new song thing. Well, and that phrase is repeated in multiple psalms. And oh. so um, I will sing a new song. Um I'm trying to remember there's um, well, Psalm 40, which is the, uh, is it 40? The, the U2 song. I think the song, the song, the U2 song is just called 40. Okay. Because it's based on Psalm 40 and it's the one that they end their concerts with. Oh, okay. And it, and it ends with Bono singing, singing, I will sing, sing a new song. I will sing, sing a new song. And he, that's like the repetitive refrain. And they end their concerts on that. And people are drifting out into the parking lot in these stadiums still singing this new song. Not <laughs> right. Maybe not realizing they're actually singing a psalm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and so okay. this, the phrase that I will sing a new song to the Lord is, is uh, a repeated phrase in multiple psalms. Um, and this is another one where... For he has done marvelous things. That's from a cantata, I think, isn't it? I have no idea. Uh, I too will praise him with a new song or something. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm pretty sure that's that's like a, a full length. I don't know. Could, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I have no idea what it's from, but that's another. <laughs> someone will tell me eventually. And then make a joyful noise, all the earth. Break forth in joyous song, sing praises. I mean, these are um, lots and lots of church songs that we can think of. There's going to be no shortage of hymnody that we can draw upon for worship this week. You'll have options. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've got our children's choirs helping us to lead worship, who will also be singing a marvelous new song to us. 
which should be delightful. Um, also, the, the recognition of the, the use of instruments in praise and worship. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, sing praise the Lord with the lyre, the trumpets, the horn, joyful noises. But then that the, the, this, this overly abundant joy in him of praise extends beyond us to the entire earth, right? right. We have the sea roaring and all that fills it, the floods clapping their hands, the hills singing together with joy, that this God's, this hymn of praise to God is, uh, is bigger than even us. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be hard to sing that hymn of praise to God on Sunday morning when it's like 15 degrees outside. but oh, Not for some of us. But. Some of us will be singing <laughs> larger, louder hymns of praise to God for 15 degrees. As you said, there's no such thing as too cold a weather. It's just not the right equipment. There's no right? such thing as bad weather. Only bad gear. There, there it is. Mm-hmm. That's what I learned. That's what the Minnesotans taught me. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Some of us love it. So it should be. It seem, It should be a. A joyful Sunday. I think so. Um, uh, gratitudinous is that a word certainly Sunday? not a word but one that you just made up and we can use um yeah so we we did talk about gratitude this last sunday and gratitude of full is that would you prefer that or perhaps just grateful mm-hmm. but um yeah not enough syllables not enough syllables damon does like his <laughs> multi-syllabic words um yeah so i think tying it into the gratitude that we we talked about uh, last week from the um, Paul's opening to the letter to the Thessalonians and and my opening of the letter to the Hastonians. Mm-hmm. Um, it all it all ties together, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. By the way, I thought that was nice. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So you think it'll preach? I think it'll preach. Yeah. Do you want to preach it? Nah. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll be wearing my T-shirt on Sunday that says. Does not display excitement well. Okay. Do you actually own that T-shirt? Do we need to get that for you? <laughs> sure, but I prefer it to be long sleeve. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> Although you did display more excitement than I think possibly I've ever seen you display. Mm-hmm. And it was at Wednesday Night Live. Yeah. And it was when the kids got up without scraping their chairs on the floor of the fellowship hall. Yeah. And you got so abundantly excited. I was just, I was floored. It was amazing. Uh, well, and you said that. And then some adult in the room moved their chair and started to ruin it for everybody. Like, come on. <laughs> now you know the things that get Pastor Damon excited. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just, you know, yeah. It was exciting. And we're getting better and better at it every week. Now we keep practicing. So. You want to experience Pastor Damon getting excited? Come join us on for dinner at Wednesday Night Live, which is a multi generational dinner. Anyone is welcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, if people can get up from their chairs without scraping their chairs on the fellowship hall floor, Damon gets really excited. Yeah, don't move your chair. Mm-hmm. This week I'm going to pre-designate where the stacks of chairs should go. Oh, so that should be even more helpful. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> part of me, I think, I part of me, for some reason, that's it. Like, enjoys as much as anything, like the avoidance of chaos. 
I think is part of where the joy comes from. So avoiding chaos gets Damon excited. To, in some extent, yeah. Yeah. Depending on the setting. Fair enough. But, yeah. All right. All right. Should we switch gears? Yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> uh, What's going on in the in the life of the church? Well, there's a lot of great stuff happening. So uh, mm-hmm. we are in our regular fall worship schedule with an 8:30 contemplative service in the sanction or in the chapel in the style of Tzay, and then a 9:15 uh, ed hour for all ages, followed by our traditional worship service at 10:30, uh, and that's. Pretty much the schedule we're going to keep through the end of the year with a few exceptions. We'll alert you to those exceptions as they come up, but we're not going to overly uh, bombard you with that information at this moment. So just know 8.30 contemplative, 9.15 Sunday school hour, 10.30 traditional. Yep. Uh, during the ed hour currently for adult forum, we have just uh, the our scholar in residence, Dan Duffenbaugh, just wrapped up a series uh, exploring salvation and folks can go to YouTube and, and find those if they would like to. And we just started a three-part series called The Once and Future Church. Yes. Uh, Reverend Polly Deppen Williams, the executive presbyter for the whatever, whatever presbytery. Central Nebraska. Central Nebraska Presbytery just led a, a forum from her perspective in that role on kind of you know, what's what changes have we seen in the church over the last uh, decades um, and where might the church be headed over the coming decades that is up and posted on YouTube folks can check that out this coming Sunday for that I believe Greg you are going to lead a, a session on that so folks are curious does Pastor Greg think about the future of the church? Um, stop in and, and take a look at that. And by the church, we're not talking specifically about First Presbyterian Church of Hastings. Correct. We're, we're talking, talking Church Universal. Yes. Capital C Church. Yep. All right. Um, so, yeah, Church Universal. What sort of big trends do we see? Where might the Church Universal be headed? Um, what might be important to it? Uh, so that's this Sunday, and then next Sunday, November, the following Sunday, I should say, November 20th, um, the Reverend Shelley Latham will come and lead the third part of that series. Um, for those who may not know, um, Shelley is the president of the Omaha Seminary, Omaha, Omaha Presbyterian Seminary Foundation, uh, and moved into that role in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she'll come and and lead that from her perspective. Uh, she served uh, churches, at least a church, three churches, before stepping into that role. So I think she'll offer an interesting perspective on that as well. And then she's going to preach on November 20th. Which right? is Christ the King Sunday. Right. So, so that's Forum. And then also November 20th uh, will be Hanging of the Greens following the 1030 worship service. So... Um, if you come to the 1030 worship service, stick around for another hour or so and help us uh, decorate. decorate. I, I avoided the obvious joke. Um, help us decorate for for the Advent season, which uh, would start the next Sunday. The next Sunday. So, um, but if you like, if you come to the 8:30 service or if you watch online, just come down at about 11:30. And if you want to help decorate, and we'll have 
some breakfast pizza or something um, available for folks as well if they want to if they want to help out. Which so. we will not make available until after everything is decorated, right? Yes. <laughs> no, we uh, we used to do hanging the greens on a Saturday, but we switched it uh, last year to doing it on Sunday after worship. Uh, well, there will be a lot of prep that goes into it the week before with the staging of the different materials uh, so that once we end worship at 1130, people can get up and immediately just start jumping into to doing that. And uh, yeah, so we hope you'll be able to join us for that. Yeah, and hopefully we'll even be able to do maybe a little bit of it um, during the service, incorporated into the liturgy for the service itself. I think we did that a little bit a little last bit. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, so that's November 20th. And then November 26th, uh, which is the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we're going to have a special event in the church in the afternoon, which is a Christmas craft make and take event. So uh, really for anybody to come, uh, if you would like to make some Christmas or Advent um, crafts or decorations and spend some time in fellowship with one another, really particularly for families. If, uh, if families want to come down and they're looking for something to do during the, during the holiday weekend and starting to maybe even decorate their own houses for the Advent Christmas season, come on down. There'll be three or four different crafts um, that, that folks can make. Uh, there's talk of a hot chocolate bar as well mm. for during the for doing the event um so folks can check that out as well and earlier that's um two to five does that sound right earlier in the day the hands around the world store is going to have their open house two to five p.m and hands two around the world store will be open 10 a.m to 2 p.m because that is the downtown shopping day Yes, that's yep. Yeah, it's typically <clears throat> shop small Saturday. Yes, um, on that day as well. So that's November, roughly. There's probably more, but <laughs> there is more. Uh, we'll keep you updated. Tune in each week. We will share our announcements with you at the end of our riveting conversation about the biblical text. Um, I've got. Sh- 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 you and I will do this next week. Maybe we will try to call Shelley in. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and see what she might have to say about the text. Yeah. So I will uh, I'll check with her, which means we might be back to Zoom next week. But I think that you and I could be on camera and Shelly could be on Zoom. Could we do that? I think so. We'll give it a shot. Something will happen. Are you, um, are you writing checks that you can't cash by making those no, I think bold proclamations? That. Yeah. All right. Cool. We'll be all right. All right. uh, Is it time for a closing prayer? I think so. All right. Loving and gracious God, help us to be mindful. Help us to be mindful of the moments of salvation that we experience. Um, The the big moments, the moments um, that rescue us, that save us from... Save us from ourselves, save us from from our own humanness, I suppose. Help us to be mindful and aware of the moments that raise us up 
in some sort of way, some sort of moment that gives us an opportunity to perhaps breathe a little bit easier. Some moment, some opportunity that allows the light of love, of joy, of hospitality to fall upon our shoulders, to ease our pain, to calm our minds. Thank you, O God, for all of the ways that you offer us salvation. And through our mindfulness of those things, help us to join in joy and in celebration and to offer you our thanks and our praise. Help us, O God, to live with gratitude as our grounding. That through gratitude for the things that you have offered us, we may be, off we may be willing and able to offer such gracious moments to others as well. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.